This is a podcast from the Queen City Podcast Network. Hey folks, welcome to another edition of the Charlotte is Creative Podcast. This is Matt Olin, your co-host, sitting next to... Hello, I'm Tim Miner. Well, hello, Tim Miner. It doesn't quite sound as cool as like, hello, I'm Johnny Cash. You know, no, it doesn't, but uh, it's your own version of it. And, it's, it's what I was born with. You know, for regular listeners, they may remember that we were sort of debating the uh, future of our friendship during it the, did, the next one. come up on the last podcast. It was a bit of a, will they or won't they be dun, dun, dun. friends in 30 days? And here we are 30 days later, and I still consider you my friend. I can't speak for you, but... A wonderful acquaintance in college. <laughs> oh, thank you, Tim. I really appreciate that. <laughs> That's so sweet. That is no, so sweet. No, we're stuck together, man. Uh, it's true. Let's, let's transition here, because we are about to... <laughs> well, well, wait, but we have to... While we were... We went off camera, I mean, off mic for a second. And Corey has a suggestion. He thinks that we should consider... Cagney and Lacey. Okay. As, uh, okay. And who would you be in, in this uh, duo? I'm now forgetting the actresses' names. Tyne Daly. Oh, I'm Tyne Daly, like for sure. And Sharon Glass. Yeah. Yep, for sure, for sure. All right. Okay. okay. Done. I'm good with, Thank I'm good you, with Corey that. Mitchell. Speaking of Corey Thank Mitchell, you. guess who we're sitting here with right now? Um, well, Corey, be Corey Mi- Mitchell. It is Corey Mitchell. It is Corey of Mitchell. the Theater Gap Initiative. That's right. And we are sitting in the beautiful PAR Center at Central Piedmont Community College because we just had our June 2023 Creative Morning Charlotte event featuring the one and only Corey Mitchell. Corey, thank you for gracing our stage uh, this morning. Thank you for having me. I am new to the Charlotte is Creative family and I never expected that just three short months later, I would be your headliner. So yeah. it is great to well, be here. Well, you know, you're a shooting star and you so say you make it to the stage very quickly. No, <laughs> I, I'm gonna, I, I think you're a shooting, you know, I, I get that, but I think Corey's more like the, the Northern star. <laughs> Ooh, he has been he has been star. ever present in the skies of Charlotte Theater for lo- for is, quite some time and has guided many many people. That is true. How does it we feel? are we, I would say this. We are late to your party, not the other way around, my friend. So if we're Cagney and Lacey and you're the North Star, how does it how does it feel to be called the North Star of Charlotte Theater? Oh my goodness. Um to shine bright like a diamond and um, lead people out of slavery? I don't know. Wait, I don't know. Is that, is that appropriate? But, sure. Yes. So I think that many students have tried to follow the drinking gourd um, that is me. So um, it has been a true pleasure to like teach and work with like amazing kids over the years. Yeah, well, you, you are a guiding, a guiding presence for mm-hmm. so many youth. And to that degree, just if you would tell us a little bit for folks that haven't, that, that maybe haven't followed your career as closely as they ought to have, you know, tell us a little bit about your background and, and how you got uh, to the place where you wanted to start the Theater Gap Initiative. And we'll get into that a little bit more, but tell us about Corey Mitchell. Oh, well, um, 
I asked that question earlier. Who the hell is Corey Mitchell? And that answer still hasn't come to fruition. But Are you leaving I, that one for the sequel? Is this like a two-part <laughs> talk? It's a cliffhanger. It is. So um, I w- actually started teaching at Northwest School of the Arts in 2001. And um, as the time went on, I just started carving out little things and like imagining that I could do stuff. And amazingly they would let me do it um one of those one of the first things was actually a partnership here with uh central piedmont where i brought in carol channing to do her one woman show the first 80 years are the hardest Mm -hmm. and it was so phenomenal and she is such a kind person that i still keep her on my phone as my wallpaper. And then um, when we did The Color Purple, that was 10 years ago, amazingly. And um, they filmed a documentary about it uh, as going to the International Thespian Festival and being the first show from North Carolina on that stage in 31 years. And as time went on and looking for new challenges and new things and imagining different things that as time was starting to wind down at uh, Northwest, I started to imagine what is the next thing that I could do. And I interviewed for a number of jobs. One was to teach at an international school and I was offered a job in Dubai um, that I ultimately turned down. I started interviewing at Um, boarding schools, really elite boarding schools where like the Obama's kids went and stuff. Um, And I turned that job down and nothing seemed to fit. And that was when uh, 2020 hit. I was turning 50, um, which is a monumental age to turn. Um, Gosh, I, I wonder what it would be like to turn 50. You know, it's like all of those things about turning 50. Folks, for those those of you that aren't picking up on this. <laughs> they can't see Corey's eyes is, burning into Matt's skull. This is Matt, and I'm about to turn 50, and they know this, so they are shooting those looks right at me. Please continue. I'm happy to be a baby at 49 and a half. (laughs) Sitting here looking at you two fossils. (laughs) (laughs) Dementia setting in. It really is. You have no clue because I'm I'll be 53 in a couple of months. So yeah, I'm deep into it at this point. (laughs) 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 I'm no longer a hatchling. I mean, I just just from watching you from afar. I feel like your history as an educator is really just, um, I don't know, you did this amazing job of, as a theater practitioner of integrating education into it, but you remain like the full package. You're a practitioner, a director, an actor, and a, a teacher. You didn't feel like, oh, I have to go one direction and I can mm-hmm. leave the others behind. You do it all, and I don't feel like everyone can pull that off. Uh, I don't know. Is that was that intentional or just happened sort of organically? I guess it sort of happened organically because I was always um, I was always a performer and have been since my younger days of growing up in Statesville um, 
actually harmony North Carolina and taking band and chorus and dance and sometimes being the only boy in a dance class and all of those kinds of things. So like performing has always come natural to me. Teaching has always come natural. Um, I told this on the uh, hashtag name drop Kelly Clarkson show a couple of weeks ago. <gasps> Fresh off the Kelly Clarkson show, Tim. You Fresh gasp off. of awe. <laughs> yes. Um, but, it, but it really is true. I, I come from a really large family. On um, my mother's side, it's extended generations. So like when I was growing up, literally, I learned how to cook from my great great-grandmother. Um, but on my father's side, my father had 22 brothers and sisters. There were 23 kids. And just about every one of the aunts and a couple of my uncles were all teachers. And so teaching seemed to just be organic for me as well. And um, I've never thought that you have to be just one thing. Mm-hmm. And um, looking at the Charlotte Arts Market, I performed a lot when I first got here. And I started to look around and I thought, okay, the state is not um, giving teachers pay raises. And a lot of the theater companies aren't really paying actors. And so then I'm like, okay, I better start directing. And (laughs) that was kind of how I started flexing some of those creative muscles within the community of directing and things like that. Yeah. I think what's remarkable, you know, looking at your career is so many people as they're approaching a, a, a transition because you know you retired from Northwest School of the Arts, but you didn't. You're not retired, and but at this stage of a career, sometimes people are kind of writing it out mm-hmm. and and look at watching the clock wind down. And in your case, you ramped up. I mean, you, you know, the color purple was not that long ago, mm-hmm. but it was well into your tenure. Mm-hmm. You know, you you helped to build an incredible new theater facility at the Northwest School of the Arts. And then you make that move into starting something of your own TGI. What was remarkable for me in your talk today, and I promise you it's going somewhere, is you led early in your talk with the role that imagination has in innovation, in manifesting what what you want. And you led with an example of an architect, Mm -hmm. which is a career that many people don't consider as necessarily creative, or they wouldn't put it in the same sentence as theater. Mm -hmm. What is it about that power of imagination and creativity that keeps your mind, you know, your mind young and keeps you daring greater and greater things despite the fact that many people that are over 50 are kind of saying, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm winding it down. Well, for one thing, I'm broke. So you can't, <laughs> you can't just do that. But, but in the um, most sincere part of that is when you look around, there's art everywhere. And you have to look for the art to me is finding the beauty in whatever it is that you see. And so being creative um, is just is an outlet from that. And so I think about um, that specific example of architecture. I can look out the window here and appreciate details on these buildings that I see across, uh, across Uptown. Um, I can look at like 
Matt's really snappy jacket and like appreciate the detail of those buttons on that jacket. It's all of those things um, that just like keep flooding your brain and we have to find an outlet from that i it, there's no way that if you're going to be a sentient being that you wind down from looking for the beauty in all of that and then if you're an empathetic person if you're a caring person then you feel like it is your duty to pass that beauty on mm-hmm. and to keep being of service to other people and I have never as silly as I am sometimes and as much as like I try to pretend like I'm a celebrity or something like that when I'm really truly not, I say all of those things and do all of those things to try to put people at ease around me Mm. and to understand that it is approachable, that... um, being an artist is attainable and it is something that we can put into practice in our everyday lives. Mm. I just, I love that so much. And so, I mean, I'm thinking, so when you were teaching at Northwest School of the Arts, so you're seeing beauty in these students, you're seeing purpose and potential in these students, but what were you seeing happening to these young, especially young performing artists of color as they were aspiring to college? I mean. What is that gap that the Theater Gap Initiative fills? What was happening to these to these students prior to Theater Gap being um, being brought into existence? Well, um, now that is the one hundred thousand dollar question. Mm-hmm. And college and it, getting into college is as a whole process that people don't really understand. Um, you know, being uh, a high school graduate in the 80s, uh, late, late 80s, by the way, um, but still, um, when I applied to college, I had to go to the guidance department and literally pick up paper um, applications and write it by hand and mail it. That's not what the college process looks like now. And it's pre-screens. Do you know what a pre-screen is? I don't. Pre-screen is, at this point, I called it the Glee phenomenon. Um, When Glee Clank came along and Ryan Murphy, who is a genius, um, put that out there, and so many kids across the country started looking at Rachel and Finn and all of these characters on Glee and thinking, wow, I want to have a career like that. And applications blew up Mm. in college programs all across the country, so much so that they had to add another layer to the audition process. So now kids have to literally film an audition to send it to the school for them to decide if that kid um, passes over a threshold Mm. just to be able to audition for them, okay? But they haven't changed the numbers. Most programs take somewhere between eight to 20 kids into their musical theater programs year over year over year. What I was finding is that my kids didn't even understand that first step in the process. Mm -hmm. And that first step, 
usually the deadline was somewhere around October, between October 15th and November 15th. So kids who are halfway through their senior year that finally wake up and go, I think I want to go to college and I want to do that. They're already... Missed the deadline. Yeah, they're already out. Yeah. Yeah. They've already missed that. And then, you know, the January auditions and those old Hollywood stories about I just wandered into the theater and I never left... That doesn't exist now. Yeah. Now, this is so similar. I think what, what we've seen here is there theater might just be a few years behind athletics. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know this is kids getting scouted and keeping, um, you know, keeping up with their stats from the time they're in middle school mm-hmm. and a chance to it's it's a taste of the real world, I guess. And if you really want it, mm-hmm. it informs you. But it's a it's an amazing process. But, you know, the difference is. People aren't out recording. No, they're not scouts. Um, yeah. yeah, they're not recording the musical at school in the same way that they're recording the football games and the basketball games to send them to those coaches. And there is, much like you say, a whole network of um, pretty much anything that that you can find a niche in. There was a woman who said to me, the riches are in the niches. And um, if you can find a <laughs> niche that. Yes, with that, um, so whether it's sports, and now it is in um, in the creative realm, in theater and music and those kinds of things. And there are these whole routes for how kids get into Juilliard and Carnegie Mellon. And people pay thousands, and I mean tens of oh, thousands yeah. of dollars, for these coaches that have that kind of access. And our kids, most kids, aren't even aware of it much less being able to afford what that access looks like. And so that's where Theater Gap comes in, is that um, I work with students who've just graduated high school, and I walk them through the, help to walk them through the entire process and take a holistic approach Mm. to it. So it's not just, oh, well, you got to fill this out and fill this out and make sure that you do this. And then you go and film your pre-screens and you submit it to this. We walk with the students through the entire process. You're working on their monologues together. You're working on all of that together. Exactly. And then we're giving them, we're, um, providing them with dance classes and with voice lessons and with theater classes and with acting for the camera and movement for the actor and voice and diction and um, music theory and all of those things to help round them out as artists and then walking them through, helping them get from beginning to end on that FAFSA form, which is ridiculous. Help them from beginning to end understand what common apps and what accepted and uploading those pre-screens. And then taking them to places where they can be seen by multiple schools. Um, So this year we'll go to St. Louis to the CAP auditions where there'll be 55 schools there in one weekend that they audition for 
at one time. And then going to New York where they can, where there are like 50 or 60 colleges in one weekend in New York City that they can audition for. So being seen by a number of people and having that exposure and getting that experience so that they can get into school. We had 100% acceptance for both years that we have been in existence. Where do you turn to stay in touch with the city around you? Broadcast news isn't what it used to be. And commercial radio doesn't scratch that itch. If only there was one place you could get it all. When you want. Wherever you want. On your schedule. There is. The Queen City Podcast Network. Listen to your city on your schedule. At queencitypodcastnetwork.com And everywhere you get your podcasts. It, so the the word gap in your name, Theater Gap Initiative, is is not just it's the it's the gap year, right? Mm-hmm. So you're you're they're focusing on this at the year after seniors. They're not going straight into into college. They're mm-hmm. spending that year getting ready so that they can put their best uh, best foot forward to get into their their choice of college. Um, but also, I guess minimizing that the the gap of 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 um, theater artists of color who are mm-hmm. not getting that fair precisely uh, that fair shot at that, that pathway that opportunity gap that there is and so we're trying to build the social capital of like that Oprah uh, that upward mobility yeah. for students to be able to go to college and to be able to see themselves in that life and a lot of times people and this is I, I know I'm talking a lot but a lot of times people ask me why a BFA in acting or BFA in musical theater and I think of it as like a gateway drug where um, that's your introduction of of understanding the business but I have a lot of friends who are agents and managers and um, casting agents and um, you know designers and those kinds of things who figure it out or stage managers who Mm -hmm. figure it out once they start that route and yeah. it helps to helps them to adjust their dreams to fit them well it seems like there's another gap that you're in, that you're addressing too which is you said it at the top that there the theater the structure of theater the ecosystem of theater in charlotte has a lot has a lot of passion and drive mm-hmm. but there are holes there are gaps and by having a better educated uh group of talent Mm -hmm. that you've ushered through at a critical time in their young lives they are emerging as not only young you know uh, actors actresses and performers but as as theater professionals Mm -hmm. and and if we want to keep them we're going to have to build we're gonna have to fill that gap in our ecosystem and our architecture to 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 serve them better my goodness that is a whole other podcast (laughs) of how to start to do that because like i mean like literally um to look around and to see what is kind of, I don't want to say lacking, but the things that I would desire to see built better or reinforced um, here in the city is another one of those passions that I follow. 
You know, I, I, I know it, we bring it up a lot. A lot of people bring it up. But I, I want to touch on it again, which is the Tony Award. Um, it's, <laughs> it, it, because it's important. Like, I, I, mm-hmm. and He's I made what, a joke. You're one-fifth to an EGOT. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's right. Uh, or fourth. <laughs> yeah, and I, I made a joke on stage that people love to throw hardware at you. And it's true. I mean, if, if you mm-hmm. look at your bio, you have, you have received a tons of awards and, and um, honors and stuff. But you know, one, of, one of the real shining ones is the inaugural being the inaugural recipient for the Tony Award for Excellence in Theater Education. And I must say, and Tim, I don't know if you remember this, but when we put in our video application in order to receive the Creative Mornings chapter in Charlotte, mm-hmm. we included a reference to you and a clip of you receiving that award to show the immense talent the that is here in this city. So you are a part of the Creative Mornings journey for us as well. So actually, you, know. you have been a part of the Creative Mornings family That's right. from before day one. Rewrite. Time oh, for a rewrite. Stars. So, you gonna... are your own grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> Time travel. So how I got it I got to ask how did it feel? How did it feel to stand on the stage at the Tony Awards and receive be the first recipient of that incredible honor? Well, it, it's it's really amazing um for so so many reasons and um I know we're checking the time cuz we got to wrap no, it up. No, you you take your time. This is an important <laughs> but, story. But um the impetus of it came um, the year before when they even announced that there were, that it was going to be an, an award because um, Billy Porter, who was a graduate of Carnegie Mellon, was the one in 2014 who announced it on the broadcast. And I was watching it on television and it just kind of sat upright to... Um, when when he said that um because billy is a really special person to me i've known him since 19 i first met him in 1997 and um you know in case you didn't know happy pride i'm gay and um happy pride thank you (laughs) um my mother when i was 32 my mother said something to me where she said um i still pray that god will change your heart Mm. And I went, Mom, why don't you just pray for my happiness? Mm. And about a year later, Billy was on Oprah Winfrey, and he was talking about his coming out story. And my mother then came to me and said, I understand a little bit better, Mm -hmm. and I apologize. And I was able to talk to Billy for about, we talked for over an hour about that Oprah appearance and about relationships with mothers. Mm -hmm. And so just his announcement was something that hit me in my core. Mm. And I wrote on Facebook that night, I want to win the teacher Tony. You did. I did. You and manifested I this. had no wow. idea that it would literally come true come true the very next year. And being on that stage was a journey, was a culmination of a journey of so many things, of like some of the ideas and the risks that I've taken as an educator, some of the kids that I think of like to this day. It was beautiful being downstairs in that theater because there was almost a dozen of my former students that were sitting in there. Like wow. one of yours, Tim and Harvey, yeah. <laughs> yeah. are both 
um, you know, former Northwest students that I worked with. And so that is beautiful. I was able to sit back and reflect on all of these things that have happened over my career. I heard from former teachers, former students, former collaborators, actors that I had worked with when I did community theater, friends that I'd worked with when I worked on cruise ships, um, all like reaching out and congratulating. And that entire weekend, I was a vessel to all the stories that people told me about the teacher that influenced them. I mean, heck, Helen Mirren opened her purse and showed me a watch that one of her teachers left to her when she died. That, <laughs> and so that, that was like nothing short of a God moment where yeah. I just felt filled with all of this joy oh, and yeah. all of this oh, yeah. I, you know, Matt and I say often, um, maybe the creative superpower that is not that's discounted the most mm -hmm. is the ability to help people really dive into their passions mm -hmm. and 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 make the most of their creative gifts mm -hmm. and you have done that for so many i mean i i will tell you that it, probably the most excited i've ever been at creative mornings was when matt and i finally got our high school uh theater teacher uh dotty tippet to mm -hmm. come to, to creative mornings and get to show her not only did you bond the two of us but you gave us the tools mm -hmm. that we've been able to parlay into this and you have given that gift to so many i think what's amazing though too is you are you're devoting yourself to arming them to preparing mm -hmm. them for the long journey of being a professional creative and get you know because it's a it's a steep climb up that Everest, oh, yes. and you're the base camp. <laughs> yes. All right, so I know we have to wrap it up, but I, I have a question I want to ask you. you. First of all, Corey, you're a very funny person, right? Like mm -hmm. You have this sharp wit. I'm, you always keep me on my toes. There's always something funny like that, that you're just ready to unleash. Um, do you find yourself gravitating as a theater artist, or even as someone just going home, you have a few, uh, some time on your hands, and you're going to put something on, on, the, on TV or stream something, do you gravitate towards comedic work, or do you are you a, a fan of the dramedy, or do you go, do you go hardcore into action or, or drama? Where where, oh where, where do you live in your consumption of creative? Oh my out goodness there? gracious! I am just as mosaic in my taste as I am in my brain. Yeah, you know, like um, the things that I I, I can watch the silly and I can watch the sublime. The one thing that I do not like is like intentional rancor. Um, and so when I, if I'm watching a reality show, the things that I love are um, The Amazing Race or Project Runway or even RuPaul's Drag Race or something mm -hmm. like that where the, where the people on the show have to activate some sort of talent yeah they're creating yeah yes exactly it's more it's more allotting their their achievement than their folly exactly exactly and so um i can i can but i can watch 
just about anything if it's quality. And it's the same thing with music. Um, I love country music. If it's good, Dolly Parton is my uh, is my guiding principle. I think she She's is... She's your North Star. Oh, my God. I think she is the best person on the planet. I, I think a lot of people would agree with you yes. on that. Saint, <laughs> Saint Parton. Saint Dolly. Yes. Yeah, that, that, I don't want to be responsible for the... For the the role that has to happen on the on the news of the day that Dolly, oh, oh my gosh, because oh. it's going to be stop the clocks. You it know? really is. I mean, like last week when Tina Turner died, my heart. Oh sure, oh, yeah. it, it really hurt my heart, and I cannot imagine what it will be like when Dolly passes. Mm. So I don't. We don't want to talk about it. No, we're not going to. But about she does. I'm with you. Okay, the she models what it is to take what you have, parlay it into as much as you can, mm-hmm. and bring people along with you. Exactly. Well, guess who else is doing that? This Corey. guy <laughs> right here. Corey, Corey, Corey. Um, it, it's been amazing to spend this morning with you. Um, we're really grateful that you said yes to stepping up onto that stage, to sharing some of your insights and perspectives and story with us, and then joining us on the And podcast. working within the limit of five dick jokes that we can <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. You did a good job. You did a good job. Right at five. Thank you. If someone knows how to to stick a landing, it's it's Corey. I have had, Matt and I have had any amount of questions from potential speakers, but never has the first question been, how many dick jokes can I have? I I don't know if it was more about the limit or the quota, but in any case. It was, you've set the bar, so I'm really really happy for it. Now, I, I would say, too, it is. It's a gift that you give when when you say yes to to share a story, um, and we are just so grateful for it. And this is, I hope, the beginning of more journeys we'll take together. Mm-hmm. The last thing I'll ask Corey is, how can people get on board with you and with TGI and helping these students? bridge this gap and move on to incredible community uh, jobs in theater well i i really appreciate all of that um that question um because there are so many ways to activate we do some things like mock auditions and stuff and if people want to volunteer to pretend like you represent a college you can reach out to us um if you follow us on Instagram or any of our socials, because we're um, at theater underscore gap or on Facebook, we're Theater Gap Initiative. If you wanted to give to us, we are a nonprofit on purpose. Um, I could easily go out and try to do all of this for profit and ask people to pay a premium for the access to whatever this silliness is, but I feel that it is a responsibility to help others. And if you want to give, you can text TGI to 53555 or just find us on our website. And um, all of those gifts go to good use. I can promise you that. We're, tr- we're really responsible. Love it. Well, we're we are grateful for you. We're, we're grateful you're part of our community uh, here in Charlotte. And um, as someone who's about to turn 50, I'm just going to look you straight in the eye and say, you look, 53 look real good, Corey. <laughs> so I am not as scared as I was uh, even this morning. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, you silver fox. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, my friend, and I underscore the word friend. You are still my friend, and uh, we'll check in in 30 days to see if that's still the case. Well, Matt, my work appro- uh, approximate 
uh, colleague. Uh, no, Carbon Matt, I will, based being. I, I will. I'm just trying to channel channel my inner uh, Parks and Rec. I think that uh, Ron Swanson called it was uh, work uh, work approximate uh, partner or something like that. It was the closest he'd get to friend. Um, I'll take it. I I'll say it here. Happy birthday. I'm really thrilled to have been part of like 35 years of your 50 year journey. Isn't that something? And I'll say it for posterity. I love you. Oh, thank you, my friend. I love you too. And uh, tune in next month for another edition of the Charlotte's Creative Podcast. Yeah, we'll Podcast. be talking to Scott Knightlick That's of right. Spectre Creative, who I'm, in, I'm being indulgent. Yes, you are. He worked on He Man figures creating treasures for the ages for nerds like me. That's right. Uh, Balto, we're going to have to figure out a nerd alert uh, sound effect that we can ring at, at, at various moments. Maybe it could be particular. like, you know, I have the power. <laughs> All right. Thanks. And really just wonderful to be with you today, Corey. Thank you. Queen City Podcast Network.com.